The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. I see you down there, Wolfie. I see you through the gap. Mind the gap. But yeah, welcome back to Far Lands of Bust, episode 500, whoop, can't get out, episode 523, I hear zombies, but that may be because they're in a cave or something near this crazy, wacky, hidey hole with a porch, right Wolfie? Woof, exactly right. Let's get Wolfie uh, upright, block off the hidey hole, perhaps... In proper fashion, a very strange hidey hole, but yeah, it looks, it's, it's like a house. I should have made a door, but I didn't. Let's drop off some things that we don't need. Oh, I don't need the iron helmet. Maybe I'll leave that somewhere else. And uh, yeah, continue on. Continue on here, like I said, in episode 523 on a Tuesday. Tuesday, October 27th. 2015. Boy, I sure hope that's the proper date because that's what's in my notes, so that's that's what I'm gonna go with. But yeah, that's where we're at, and we are continuing west to those far lands here. And raising money for child's play charity. Farlandsorbus.com is where you want to go to do such things as those. Up to $7,408.42 raised for Child's Play Charity this season alone. Season 6 of Farlands Bust. I do appreciate all the continued support for that. You know that that... It, 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 toasts, it toasts my little heart. I have a very tiny, tiny heart. It's a serious condition. Actually, I think that might be a condition people actually suffer from. So I'm not going to continue talking about that in a comical manner because it's not very comical. All right. Shut up, Kurt. <laughs> Move on to the next topic. Stop sticking your foot in your mouth. Um, so yeah, we're continuing on and continuing raising money for Child's Play Charity. Farlinesabus.com. Childsplaycharity.org is where you can learn more about the charity itself. Indeed. And, and right there on the homepage, I think, unless they've changed the homepage. But right there on the homepage should be a Farlands or Bust logo under the Platinum Sponsors. Because we are Platinum Sponsors to Child's Play Charity. And that is all thanks to you guys, all the donations over the past four years, four plus years that you have uh, donated, over $350,000, and then some, and then some, so yeah, good times. Okay, somebody, here we go, uh, we did get a question in the donations from Torin Darkflight, who says, P.S., I'm not evil, your name is evil, who says, I've often expressed concern about Wolfie spawning under ice, that happened once, remember that? That was scary when walking across frozen oceans, wouldn't periodically putting down blocks of dirt while crossing the ice help encourage him to spawn above it? Uh, no. It apparently does not. Wolfie? <laughs> where, where, whoop, we're going the wrong way. Oh, there he is, yeah, okay. Huh, that's weird. This is some interesting science that we're doing here. So, he didn't spawn when I was standing on the blocks, but he spawned when I walked away from them. That's curious. Yeah, I know, Wolfie, that's very curious. Huh. Alright, maybe. I mean, that looked like it worked. Perhaps in the future, if we get 
far enough away into uh, an ice ocean. We'll have to check that out, but I do appreciate that little tip there. Further, further science must be conducted to assess its feasibility and safety. Torin Dark Flight. Torin Dark Flight. <laughs> um, also, any special plans for Halloween? No plans whatsoever. I don't even have. Here we go. No, Bupkus. You need more than one block. Hmm. Do I need to be... Oh, I need to be on the same level. That's the problem. I probably jumped. Yeah, my feet need to be... That's it! That there is the science. My feet, the player's feet, have to be on the same level as the block that the wolf wants to spawn on. Which is why sometimes, if I were to drop to the bottom of the ocean, he'll spawn on the bottom of the ocean. Ha! Huh. Okay. So what I really should watch out for is if I'm coming to the edge of an ocean like this not to drop down to that level, because then Wolfie could theoretically spawn at this same level, but it will be under the ice. And actually, I don't know what happened to Wolfie, so I'm not going to test that out there. Oh, see, that could have that could have very well happened. All right, I'm sure that was already a well-known game mechanic, but I'm kind of just discovering it for the first time after having this wolf for over four years uh, right now. Huh. All right, very interesting. So yeah, place a block, but not until I jump. Oh, thanks for proving me wrong. Yeah, not until I jump and get my feet at the same level as the block will Wolfie spawn. Duly noted. Duly noted indeed. But any special plans for Halloween? No. As I've mentioned before, I'm not huge on the Halloween stuff. I'm also... I don't know. The place I live in, there might be more kids around. At the, at the place I previously lived uh, in Chicagoland... Lived there for five years, never had a single trick-or-treater. Not a single trick-or-treater. There were kids that lived on the block, but perhaps new kids on the block, and uh, that they never stopped by. I don't know what what, what was up with that. Um, perhaps I frightened them. I didn't even, like, ever see any out or anything like that. Never a doorbell ring or nothing. I bought candy sometimes. Just ended up eating it myself. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there potentially may be here, so I'll probably have to prepare for that. If it's not too weird, I have had friends into astronomy who say, oh, if it's a clear night, they set up their telescope out front, and, you know, they'll have the bowl of candy or whatever, and as the kids stop by, oh, you know, here's Saturn or whatever is up in the sky or something through the telescope would be kind of a neat thing. But I'm really not uh, that great of a, like, public outreach educator, despite despite the many instances I talk about science and stuff and astronomy on YouTube. Uh, the, the real life stuff is a little bit weird, especially kids. I don't know how to act around kids. Like, not inappropriately, but just I don't... Uh, kids are a foreign creature to me, and communicating with them uh, is very difficult. <laughs> <sighs> Speaking of difficult communication <laughs> problems that I have, um, I, I was gonna talk about this like in a vlog or something, but I don't make many of those because uh, I'm uncomfortable talking during them and whatever, so I'll talk about it now. We're doing it live here in Farlands Bust, and those pigs were those pigs were dry. Let's try this pig. But yeah, I, I want to talk a bit about co-op stuff, mm, multiplayer stuff collaborations on the YouTubes and and how I do or don't do well with them particularly. Uh, I have 
put out the survey for patrons. There will be one for normal viewers soon. A much shorter one, a little bit more to the point. Uh, but as part of that, I asked... Okay, this, this was my... I'm trying to be very scientific and uh, properly acquiring proper uh, data. The first question I asked is, is how, how, what do you think the current ratio on a scale of 1 to 5 or 1 to 10, what do you think the current ratio of single player to multiplayer co-op videos going up on my channel are? So I try to get a baseline of what people think the current amount of single player to co-op. And then the next question I ask, what is the level you would like to see on Kurt J. Max channel of on the same scale uh, of single player to multiplayer? Uh, you know, so people who perhaps like the current amount would just choose the same number. I just want the same number for what you're currently at. Uh, or if you want more or less, you would choose a different result of, of of how much multiplayer. Is that like a proper way? That might not be at all like what a, a normal uh, statistics gathering person would, would ask it. But that's how I asked it. And, and I have found certainly people don't want my channel to be 100% multiplayer dependent on co-op stuff or anything like that, but uh, there does seem to be a a want. A wanton for slightly more. Slightly more. Like, most people are choosing like two or three out of the one to ten, uh, but they would prefer four or five. Uh, or maybe four. Actually, no, no, not not more than half. Uh, they, they do... It, it seems like people do understand that I am primarily a uh, single player here, much more comfortable with the single player commentaries as you're listening to right now. So, so yeah, they say maybe it's like two or three, but maybe four would be better. Maybe just a little bit more uh, would be nice. And I'm trying, as as you know, I'm 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 meeting new, making new friends, and and doing new things with, with the the Rocket League crew, and we've got more stuff coming up. Um, recording something this weekend that's going to be a little bit out of bounds for me that I normally wouldn't do. I'm I'm pushing my boundaries, as it were, and, and trying to do more stuff. As as you also know, I'm doing the new. Uh, co-op with Cone Dodger uh, and uh, Formula One and stuff. Uh, so so I'm, I'm trying stuff, but still, I even notice, I even notice uh, things that I will tell you about in the morning here. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I haven't, it's been a while actually. Early on in the series, if you watch the early episodes, I, I did kind of get a little bit more, perhaps it was my lack of uh, I don't know, what's the word for it? Routine. It wasn't a job or anything. I was treating Far Lines of Bust more like a vloggy, personal, talky journal type thing. Uh, so maybe a little bit of a return to that here. In the morning! <laughs> and awakeness. Those are some nice... <laughs> Those were some nice mounds right there that we just passed over, if I can say so. Some nice rounded off, you know, I like the, the kind of natural... <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna shut up. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the co-op stuff. I find... I even mentioned this, I'm not sure if it was this episode or the next episode, The Race. Today's episode, The Race with Cone Dodger. When I'm editing, like, co-op stuff, uh, the way I record, it splits up the... The game audio and like my Skype chat or whatever I'm recording with. So my friends' voice tracks, and then my voice track, my microphone is a separate track. I notice even if it's just a one-on-one -on -one collab, the other track has a lot more voice than mine does. I'm far more silent, shorter, not really long 
parts of, of, of uh, dialogue on, on my end. Uh, so I do very much feel like I don't talk enough in, in my, my co-op stuff. I certainly... I go into them feeling very excited and interested and happy uh, to talk to these people. Even uh, similarly, I had the... Uh, on Saturday, we had the very special episode of Rocket League go up where we played the Washington Capitalizers. Uh, hasn't been doing that great on, on views as I thought it would. Uh, but uh, that's beside the point. Yeah, but the, the capital... Maybe I should have put their names in, in, in the title is what the thing. The Capitalizers are, are B-double-O, our, our, our good friend B-double-O, uh, Pungence. And uh, Wolves at My Door, they make up their team, and uh, the team I'm part of, with Anasia and, and Lofty, and occasionally Fultron, the Clunch City Dream Crushers, uh, we had a very fun and, and very exciting and, and surprisingly equally matched Rocket League match and video go up that I thought went really well. Even then, uh, you know, these are people I know. Uh, these are these are people I've done collabs with in the past, yet I still feel like something, some sort of subconscious switch gets gets turned on where I like just I don't know I retreat into myself or something, and that's not good. That's not good for business. Uh, speaking from it as a job standpoint, but it's also not good for uh, I suppose uh, maintaining those friendships and uh, you know continuing. Uh, encouraging more collabs and, uh, you know, the perception uh, on, on other people's videos and things. And I, I, it's it's really, it's it's a tough noodle to, to cook, if I can retrieve an analogy that I, I made last episode. I'm not sure what, I mean, obviously, you all know that I'm I'm a shy person. I'm, I'm, I'm introverted as well, so it's a, a crazy concoction of the two things. Uh, it's not well. There's there's some social anxiety there, but I don't want to put that label on it because that's a separate spectrum entirely. Uh, and uh, you know, there, there, there's different. That's that that sort of stuff more happens to me on in in, in person interactions and things. I guess uh, the internet is a nice little safe barrier. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's it's something I'm, I I don't know. I need to like find some tips and tricks or something to to overcome that. Or, or do better with that. I mean, I even noticed that when I did was used to doing Formula One with uh, with beef, uh, or when I was doing like the speedrunners game with that the speedrunners crew, that my voice track was very silent compared to the voice track of of the person or persons I'm collaborating with. Um, what's up with that? Uh, have you noticed that? Is that impact? If I can <laughs> do a, a very impromptu survey in the comments, does that impact your? Uh, your view of my my collaborations videos uh, it doesn't seem to everybody seems to enjoy and and leave good comments uh, about the the collabs those videos that go up and stuff like that but uh, we can't repair things no there's no repairing in this version of the game is there nope I don't know why I even tried that um, I'm distracting myself from this very uncomfortable and revealing conversation I'm having. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It kind of, I'm like trying to find the root of it, and maybe that's the problem. I shouldn't do that. I should just try to overcome it and find a solution. But it almost feels. Uh, here, here's the thing. Here's the brass tacks. There is a real Kurt J Mac who doesn't go by Kurt J Mac, who goes by Kurt. Uh, real life me that my family knows and people personal to me know. Uh, and then there's YouTube Kurt J Mac. There's Farlands Bus Kurt J Mac. Um, I feel like, and I'm sorry to have broken your world asunder that you thought that you were getting to know real Kurt J. Mac, when in fact, 
uh, YouTube Kurt J. Mack talks far more. I, I talk more recording an episode of Far Lands of Bus than I do the entirety of the rest of the week outside of recording videos. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, so yeah, I feel like there there's those two, but then when other people get involved, like when I do start doing the collabs, real life Kurt J. Mack comes out. Maybe it's because I don't want to be false to these people who I perceive as like friends, uh, as real people friends. Is that right? Is Are you being my, my uh, therapist right now? Am I talking to you laying down? I suppose sometimes I do lay down on a bed and you're still up and barking. Um, so yeah, maybe like real Kurt J. Mack is kind of... The border between the two is very fuzzy during those situations, and uh, it's it's uh, relationship George and independent George. Worlds are colliding. <laughs> oh, Seinfeld reference. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I've got to think of some tips and tricks, and maybe it just takes getting more and more comfortable with the person. But even then, I haven't ever really noticed any collab in particular. I did four seasons of Formula One with Beef, and even uh, on the last one that we never got uh, around to finishing, I still noticed the the vast difference in uh, stuff. You know, Beef's voice track versus my voice track. Uh, You know, I don't make the same jokes, I don't feel. I don't have the same verbosity. Uh, It is a little bit... I don't like talking over people, and a lot of the times uh, over Skype... Uh, even even look at like the, the the times I've been on the Mindcrack podcast or anything like that. Uh, I am fairly quiet. Uh, that was even a joke uh, when we were in Pax Prime in Seattle and we recorded the live one. I like said four words, and you know that was the running gag is that oh Kurt barely talks, but whenever he does, it's gold, it's gold, Jerry. And sure enough, the few times I did talk, they were just my standard one-liner jokes or whatever. I really didn't have anything specific to. Uh, Hold on, I want to collapse this. I didn't have anything specific to... Oh, that was it? Whoa, those went down to the depths now, didn't they? To the depths! Uh, I need a boat. I do indeed need a boat. need a couple boats. Let's do that. Uh, let's make one more, why not? Alright. So yeah, that's just something that... I, I don't want to say it's been, like, weighing on... Whoa! Look at this place! I don't want to say it's been, like, weighing on me or ruining my day, but it's just been kind of something now that I am forcing myself and trying to do more interactions, collabs, more making more friends on YouTube, uh, you know, expanding beyond those people that I already know, expanding beyond Mindcrack. Uh, it, it's, it's just one of those things that is on my mind... It's going to be tough, I think, for you guys to provide too much insight. No offense, but it's because you just see the end product. You don't know the process. You don't know the before recording conversations and after interactions and how uh, any any differences there that I may not... Whoa, I may not note. That's a precarious little perch. That's precariously perched right there, isn't it? Oh, this is less... This is less interesting than I thought it was as it came into play here. Uh, so yeah, but that's just something that's been on my mind. Uh, it might just be practice. I just need to practice. Uh, perhaps I should, instead of currently being at a 2 or 3 on the scale of multiplayer to uh, single-player stuff, perhaps 
even though you guys said you might, might want four or five, maybe I should ramp it up to six or seven, you know, so to really get in a lot of, of practice and things like that. And a lot of times, you know, I suppose the thing people will say, you know, specifically when I'm doing collaborations with, with smaller channels or, or, or smaller YouTubers, uh, oh, well, you, you know, whatever, you've been doing this for so long, you have 300 whatever thousand subscribers and, and this many videos up, you, you know, you're the... Uh, you're, I suppose I don't like the hierarchy it like this, but you're you're the more experienced one. Uh, you should be fine with it. It's the other group that should be nervous. Uh, but that's that so far doesn't turn out to be the case. Uh, that's not why I'm like choosing who I'm doing collabs with or anything like that. But uh, but that's often not the case. Uh, I mean, even if I can kind of <laughs> if I can uh, throw Cone Dodger under the bus, uh, he's. Uh, uploaded a vlog where he said, you know, he's been a fan of Far Lands of Busts. Hi, Cone Dodger. I know you listen to this to make the recaps on the uh, the Mindcrack subreddit. Sorry, he's made a vlog. He's already made it public, uh, where he said, you know, he's been a fan uh, of Far Lands of Busts since the beginning, and uh, you know, he was really nervous when I messaged him to be like, yeah, you want to do uh, Formula One or whatever, and uh, he, he he didn't, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't know how to react. But I think he's he, he kind of. He's better at bringing YouTube Cone Dodger forward than I am, if you know what I mean. Because I'm pretty sure there's probably a real-life Cone Dodger and a, and a YouTube Cone Dodger, and I think he's even said so himself that he turns on, he, he turns on the razzle dazzle <laughs> a little bit more when he's recording YouTube. Uh, but it's uh, a little bit more of a, 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 a an arm wrestle uh, for me, I guess. I, I don't know, or perhaps it's completely imperceptible from from the viewer standpoint, and I shouldn't even uh, be having this conversation uh, or, or worrying about it or anything. Uh, but that's just something I've thought about because there are there are going to be more collaborations. I'm even you know talking to new people and and, and other stuff to try to get uh, more more wheels turning in that general. Uh, direction. I do think that's kind of the thing to really fall back on and depend on, not depend on, but to, to look for uh, in these strange and changing times of, of the YouTubes, of the gaming video production situation we're in, and uh, we'll just have to keep keep on moving, right? Right, Wolfie? Keep on walking to the Far Lands, whatever that may be oh. an analogy for. But let's go to sleep and continue in the morning. <sighs> And awakeness. And a boatness. Wee! Spelunk? Ah, let's go this way. <laughs> Do you think we've crossed over the the zero point on the the uh which axis was it? The x-axis? I think it was the x-axis. The north axis. Because we were way south, but then when we pressed F3, we were much less south. We were like only off by a few thousand, right? Uh, as opposed to like 46,000. So do you think we've crossed over? I, I do consciously try to drift to the right now, but I know that that's kind of a, a problem before, was drifting to the left. See then, I, I dropped down to that level and Wolfie spawned at that level uh, a few blocks under the water. Science! So that'll be interesting if then I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm by the, the next time we press F3 after we raise the $60,000 for Season 6, I'm going to be too far north. Uh, ow! Woof. So yes, uh, enough about me. <laughs> Let's answer some questions that you have for me. Oh, actually, I do want to follow up. Previous episode, episode 522, we had a question from Travis. 
about the alien megastructures, and I had not yet heard of specifically what he was referring to. Um, perhaps, not blaming him, but perhaps questions in the future about specific things, you might want to provide a link or, you know, make sure I know what you're talking about. It's, it's, it's my fault for not looking it up beforehand. Uh, but actually, alien megastructures is actually something that's been in the news lately because Kepler, the Kepler Space Telescope, the telescope that is looking constantly at a very particular set of stars in the sky near Cygnus, the swan, and that constellation, uh, looking for planets, specifically for planets that transit the star that they are orbiting. Uh, that is to say, they in their orbits, they pass in front of the star, and uh, it looks for the, the brightness curve when a planet passes in front of the star. The total amount of light being emitted is reduced, and then when it passes away, it goes back up to normal. Uh, so basically, they've selected a specific amount of stars, and they're just constantly watching them, waiting for a planet or something to pass in front of them to watch that light curve dip. Uh, and they've identified thousands of, of planets. They can determine the size of the planet, the distance, based on how fast it orbits, uh, because they know the size of the star and the, the mass of the star. Uh, it's very, very crazy interesting stuff. Uh, dozens of Earth-like potential planets in, within the habitable zones have been discovered uh, of those stars. But there's one in particular that got pressed recently because that light curve that they saw on this star made no sense. It was totally wacky. You know, typically if a planet passes in front of the star, it's a pretty... I don't think linear is the correct word, but it's a predictable path that when the, the star or the, the planet passes uh, that star, that it goes back to normal. And this was like weird, you're getting weird troughs, like double troughs. Uh, sometimes they can even uh, find out if a, a planet has a ring system because there is kind of a little double. You get the ring lowering the light and then the, uh, the planet and then the other side of the ring lowering the light. Uh, I don't know if that's happened with any exoplanets, but that is something uh, you can determine. I mean, that's how they determined uh, even uh, uh, Neptune had rings, was, was by watching as it transited uh, a background star, I think. One of the planets has, has rings that they determined that way. But anyway, I digress. Anyway, this weird, wacky light curve from this star made no sense. So the, uh, the first, I don't know if the first, but one of the potential explanations that obviously got the press uh, to the presses, <laughs> to stop the presses, uh, was the potential for alien megastructures. A Dyson sphere is what they call it. Uh, specifically, a, a constellation of satellites, or even a, like a full ring. Think of Halo, the, the, that big halo around the planet, but uh, you, you essentially, when a civilization, theoretically, when a civilization is advanced enough, uh, they perhaps have depleted all of the resources on their home planet, uh, or they have come to terms with the fact that doing so would mean the end of their civilization, so they look elsewhere for energy. So doing so, they create a Dyson sphere or, or constellation or whatever you want to call it, cluster, uh, around their parent star to harvest energy more efficiently from their parent star, uh, I think is the going theory there. So they were thinking that perhaps this strange light curve, this dimming of 
this star that we're watching through Kepler is due to some irregular or in-progress build of a civili- Whoa! Of a civilization's Dyson Sphere, uh, far more advanced than our own technology could do at the current time. Uh, and essentially, you know, the theory goes is you pretty much have to dismantle and mine an entire other planet. So, like, we would have to dismantle Mercury, take all the, the resources out of that and make the solar panels from, from that, uh, completely just remove Mercury. It would take uh, on the order of decades, obviously, to do and, and insurmountable amounts of money. Uh, but uh, in order to do that... Uh, so that's the going theory. That is a alien megastructure. And that has everybody a buzz. There was recently, I saw on Twitter when I actually started to look into this, uh, somebody linked to a, 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 a page, a theory, that said it, it, there is an actual, a very natural potential uh, cause for the light curves. Uh, and that is that the, the star is actually oblong. It's it's more egg-shaped, uh, which we've seen before. Not all stars are squares, I guess, like in Minecraft, or uh, uh, spheres like our own star, uh, due to their spinning, due to their uh, many amounts of uh, different reasons, could be different shapes. And from those different spin rates or anything like that. From that, that means one side of the star, or one section of the star, is darker. Just its own surface, darker than the other side of the star, uh, which gives you an irregular light curve. Plus, add into that an actual transiting planet, gives you an even wackier light curve, and uh, there's a whole paper and illustrations, and they, they recreate pretty much the light curve given from this star. Uh, with their their calculations uh, and their simulations of a similar situation with a star that has a, a variably bright surface. Uh, and, and that makes sense. And their reasoning is still, still on the possibility that this could be caused by an alien megastructure, but it would be insanely and insurmountably improbable for the first probes we humans ever send up, that is to say, the Kepler Space Telescope, that is intended to look for these light curves, it would be incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky, for that telescope to find evidence for intelligent life and a Dyson Sphere, which is simply a theory in and of itself. Like, just a, you know, this is a thing that could, a civilization could possibly do. To You know, that would be just an incredibly specific and, and, and nigh, near, you know, hundreds of thousands of a percentile of a, of a chance impossible that this would have been discovered even in, in, you know, in the early stages of these discovery of these these stars and, and planets orbiting the stars. It's, it's already completely, um, you know, insurmountable that we even see the planets transit in front of the star as opposed to around it like this or anything like that. So uh, that's their reasoning, and, and they say that these, you know, types of stars with variably bright surfaces might be a more feasible, a more uh, possible explanation. Uh, so yeah, even I, I say even if it is some sort of alien megastructure, uh, there's no way we would ever be able to confirm that with our current technology, I don't think. Uh, so you gotta 
it almost sounds like you got to have a closed mind, but you got to keep an open mind for other possibilities instead of jumping, you know, just like every time there is one of these Earth mass, super Earths or whatever planets found around these stars, uh, that, that gains all of the headlines. That is until they do the math again and realize, oh, actually that planet isn't actually there. It's actually uh, this, that, or the other different type of whatever. Uh, so you, you got to keep... Uh, as with science, you gotta you gotta remember to confirm things, and you gotta remember that the the media does tend to obviously they want you to click on their headline or or uh, whatever, so they they might tend to uh, over exaggerate things for the sake of drama and views. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that. That was just. I was hoping to get other questions this, this episode actually too. But there we go. I've 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 done right. I do apologize for for missing the entirety of the story in the previous episode. But now I've I've gone back and and done some of my homework. And there might even be. You know, this is still very early in the release of this information. Uh, I, I bet you right now there are other scientists and physicists and astrophysicists contemplating, calculating, simulating. Even even different, possibly more likely explanations for this unusual light curve from this star, and uh, you know it might be further uh, further reasons that that make even more sense than the variable uh, brightness of a star's surface. Uh, f- f- so far as 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 I know, and and I don't know because I I am no scientists. I am no scientist indeed. I am a mere time lord. Ooh who digs holes in the ground to live for the night. Which we are going to do here at the end here of episode 523 of Farlands Bust. Let's shed some light on this situation, shall we? Boop. Did I hear splashing? Or am I going insane? It's the most probable explanation. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Everybody, once again, for your continued support for Child's Play Charity at farlandsbus.com. Oh, I did hear splashing. Oh, it's probably the leaves of that tree decaying and dropping uh, saplings into the water. That's what it is. That's the most likely explanation. So, yeah, thanks for your support for Child's Play Charity at farlandsbus.com. Thanks for your support of my channel and uh, my uh, my videos. Uh, hopefully you take the time to check out some of my <laughs> collaborative videos now that I've really undersold them to you. <laughs> I'm really quiet and terrible at them. Please go watch them. <laughs> um, and, well, well, I'll figure that out. That's kind of a, a, a thing I should probably try to figure out on my own or something like that, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we will see, won't we? Um, what else do I have to do here? Not much. I think I am all set for the next episode. And uh, what was happening tomorrow? Oh, yeah, YouTube Red is going live. So it was nice knowing you all. <laughs> oh, man, just as I figure things out, everything falls around, down around us. Uh, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm just going to continue with business as usual, and uh, we'll just go from there. And uh, we'll go to the Farlands as we continue to do and will do... Thank you so much for watching. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time.
So yeah, okay. Huh, that's weird.